Welcome to Insult My Intelligence. Today we're talking about the penny. In the year 2000, the Royal Mint produced a staggering number of pennies, comfortably over a billion. Since then, the number has been in a steady decline, as is the case with coins generally. In 2017, they only made 240 million pennies. In 2018 and 2019, they didn't make any at all. Pennies aren't cheap to make. Until September 1992, the one-pence coin was made of bronze, 97% copper, with a bit of zinc and tin mixed in. The rising price of copper made this unfeasible, so the modern penny is actually made of mild steel and electroplated with a copper skin. This might still be unfeasible. The Royal Mint won't actually say how much it costs to mint its coins. Past Freedom of Information requests have been rejected on the grounds that the numbers are commercially sensitive. Before the pandemic, they were insisting it still cost them less than a penny to make a penny, but still prices have risen since then. As we move inexorably toward a cashless, or at least a cash-reduced society, the overall demand for coinage continues to fall. The Royal Mint recently announced it will stop minting 2p and £2 coins for 10 years because there are more than we need out there already. But in 2020, they started making pennies again. 88 million of them, which makes it the most minted coin in the UK. It's also the most useless. 60% of 1p coins are used just once, and 8% end up being thrown away. They end up in sock drawers and jars, under beds and in the bin, but we just keep making more. Why do we bother? Oddly, the penny is back in production precisely because no one uses them. Shops keep needing new ones to make change, but the ones they give out instantly disappear. Isn't there a simpler solution to this problem? Couldn't we just eliminate the penny? Two recent chancellors, Philip Hammond and George Osborne, both came close to getting rid of the penny, but a campaign from the Sun newspaper and opposition from the Labour Party brought about screeching U-turns. During the 2018 budget, Philip Hammond announced that both 1p and 2p coins would be scrapped, but Theresa May's government reversed the decision a day later. Later that same year, the Bank of England put out a blog post saying the negative impacts of scrapping the penny were pretty much non-existent. But Treasury Secretary Robert Jenrick perhaps forgetting that it was his own government's policy only a few months before, said that the bank was out of touch with ordinary Britons and that, and I quote, our coins are more than units of currency, they are symbols of our identity and links to our past and we appreciate the attachment many feel to the penny. So what would really happen if we got rid of the penny? And are the fears of the people who seem angered by the idea, whoever they are, justified? We spoke with an economist, Robert Waples, from Wake Forest University in North Carolina, who's written studies on the impact of eliminating the U.S. one-cent coin. What's the point in getting rid of the penny? Yeah, the point is that the penny is kind of a waste of time and a waste of resources. So if you look at, you know, how much does it cost to make a penny, to mint it up, uh, the value of the metal in it sometimes is above one cent, Sometimes, you know, as this fluctuates, it's below. But then when you add up the overall minting cost and the distribution cost, it'll be well over one cent. But, I would say, even if you could make a penny out of thin air, it would still be a good idea to get rid of it. Because our time is valuable. And so, um, you've got to think, like, how long does it take you to use a penny? How much does it add to the transaction? And our time's valuable. 
I know it's valuable over in Britain, just as it is here in the United States, but at the average wage in the United States, a person earns a penny about every two seconds. And so if it takes you two extra seconds to, to deal with the penny, there's a net loss. And that's why when there's a penny lying on the sidewalk, most people just pass it by. It's not worth their time. Yeah, there is a minimum amount of what you would bend over. It depends on how old you are and how much your back hurts when you bend over. But uh, it's it's a good deal higher than a penny, isn't it? I learned a new word in the course of our research, uh, which I don't even, I'm not even sure I can pronounce it right. Uh, seniorage. 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 Yes. That, that's the profit that uh, the minter makes on creating their, their money. And so if you think about a $100 bill in the United States, it you know you know uh, it costs with the, the the paper there's cotton in it there's the fibers there's all that kind of stuff about twelve cents to make one of those and then they can buy a hundred dollars worth of stuff with it so that's a lot of seniorage but there's negative seniorage with some coins uh, in the United States that's true of our five cent piece the nickel and it's uh, depending on how the, the mint looks at it sometimes negative for the penny but I think they they mismeasure because if you add in all those hidden costs of distributing it, it's, it's going to be negative for pennies as well. The big objection to getting rid of them, at least around here, is that we post a lot of our, our prices like $1.99. A lot of them end in nine just to give you a little illusion that it's cheaper than it actually is. And so what I did in my research is was I was able to get some data from a convenience store chain gas stations, convenience stores, up and down the east coast of the United States. And I looked at eight different one, ones of their, kind of a whole daily total of all the transactions that had been done to look at what the last digit was and then you know, rounded it uh, as you would if you got rid of pennies to the nearest nickel. So the nines get rounded up or the ones get rounded down. If it's a four, you know, it's rounded up to a five because you'd be using the nickel instead. Um, and you would think that there'd be more rounding up than rounding down. But it depends on how many items you purchase. You know, $1.99 plus $1.99 plus $1.99. And then we also have tax, which we put on at the register around here. I'm not sure how they do it over there. No, here it's generally built in, but I know what yeah. you mean. It's like, And it's different in every state, and different localities even have different rates. And so you put those two together, the buying multiple items and then throwing the tax in at the end. The, the last digit is basically random here in the United States. I found ever so slight uh, rounding in favor of the customer instead of against the customer, but it was basically zero. And I found this uh, both in rich neighborhoods and in poor neighborhoods and kind of every state I looked at. Basically, it all washed out. So I don't think the customer is going to get gouged by rounding to the nearest nickel. I think that everybody sort of thinks when they think they think about what a pain pennies are to deal with. I mean, most of us don't use them once we've got them. We put them somewhere. We put mm -hmm. them in a jar. Yeah. Or something. In fact, I was looking at some statistics for, for the UK, and uh, this was estimating that like half or more get spent once and then disappear from circulation. And that's why you got to keep minting up new ones because people put them in a big jar somewhere or they throw them away, they lose them, uh, whatever. And it takes real resources to create this. So if you want to make an environmentally friendly argument, uh, you don't need to mine as much zinc if you want to get rid of these pennies. As I said before, UK pennies are actually mostly steel, where in the US they're made from the more expensive zinc. 
The US Mint does say how much their one cent coin costs to produce, and while it fluctuates, it's usually closer to two cents. Negative seniorage. So why does the US carry on coining pennies? It seems the last uh, study that we've got suggests that, um, or the last poll that we saw suggests that about two thirds of Americans are, in, if you ask them anyway, they're in favor of keeping the penny. Um, and America also has um, at least one lobby group dedicated to retaining the penny. Yeah, so on the 200th anniversary, yeah, the 200th anniversary of Abraham Lincoln's birth, not the exact day, but that year, uh, West Virginia University held a year-long symposium on Lincoln-related things. And one of them was, should we get rid of the penny? And Abraham Lincoln's beautiful face is on our penny. And so the first coin you, you notice when you're a little kid is a penny because it's it's prettier than the other. It's copper. It's not, you know. And there's Abraham Lincoln, and you love Abraham Lincoln. So I went to West Virginia University and debated the head of the lobbying for Americans for Common Sense, the Zinc lobbying group that's in favor of. Oh, there is Zinc interest. They had a, they, yeah, exactly. They had a, a poll of people who were just kind of going through their student center beforehand. Should we get rid of the penny? And then they had a poll after the debate where I squared off and gave the best arguments against the Zinc lobbyists. And I, I moved opinion about that much, right? It was still most people wanted to keep the penny. So I think it's just largely a sentimental attachment that people have and me not being able to convince them that they won't be gouged by getting rid of the penny. The pro-penny lobby in the U.S. is actually even dumber than he makes it sound. It largely consists of the group Americans for Common Sense. That's C-E-N-T-S, described by its chief executive, Mark Weller, as broad-based and comprised of and endorsed by many of the nation's leading coin and numismatic organizations, charitable organizations, and companies involved in the manufacturing and transport of the penny. What Mark Weller didn't mention is that he's a lobbyist representing Jordan Zinc Products, the provider of coin blanks to the U.S. Mint. Americans for Common Sense is a front for Big Zinc. The most famous publicity stunt by Americans for Common Sense occurred back in 2006, fronted by Kevin Federline, or K-Fed, most famous for being Britney Spears' husband back when he was still famous for anything at all. K-Fed was roped in by Americans for Common Sense to be the face of a Save the Penny petition alongside partners Virgin Mobile, who were serendipitously launching a one-cent text service at the time. Arriving in Times Square wearing an Abe Lincoln mask, Federline said... I'm here with Virgin Mobile. We're bringing power back to the penny. Yee! Man, I feel good about the penny. I love it. Kevin Federline there, master of his brief, shilling for Big Zinc. Now back to Robert Waples. In your uh, paper, you mentioned that although the United States is very slow to move on these things and quite clearly quite resistant, um, they have done it. In the 1850s, they got rid of the half penny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so long ago. Um, of course, you had even smaller, right? you had farthings and all those kinds of things. And it's interesting to see how valuable they were in comparison to the penny when they got rid I was looking. Uh, I'm going to switch my tab here and look over here. Uh, what I saw on Wikipedia <clears throat> said that when they got rid of the half farthing back in 1869, it was the, worth the equivalent of five pennies today. So getting rid of small coin denominations is nothing new. In fact, the UK finally stopped minting its halfpenny back in 1984. And so when they got rid of the decimal halfpenny back in 1984, it was worth the equivalent of like 1.6 pennies today. 
And so the penny is, uh, the British penny is more valuable than those other things. When it's overdue. Are, it, it's, it's like less valuable than they were. Yeah, it's overdue to get rid of it uh, due to inflation, which is always eroding the value. But how can we know for sure that nothing terrible would happen if we got rid of the penny? Well, because some countries have already done it. New Zealand, Australia, and Canada have all gone years without spending pennies. After this break, we'll speak to a Canadian economics professor about what happened when Canada's penny finally dropped. Finally was dropped by Canada. Does this, does that work? Today's episode of Insult My Intelligence is sponsored by One Day University. One Day University is a subscription platform giving you access to live talks by the best professors from the top U.S. colleges on a wide range of topics. Membership includes a new live-streamed lecture every weekday with a Q&A with the professor afterwards, along with access to a library of more than 500 talks from over 200 top-rated lecturers. Some of those talks include Four Films That Changed America by Mark Lapidula of Yale University, Learning from the Roman Empire, Are We Repeating Their Rise and Decline from Caroline Winterer of Stanford University, and The Women Who Ruled the World 3,500 Years Ago from Kara Cooney of UCLA. You can learn something new every day about history, politics, art, science, music, psychology, and much more. You can sign up for $8.95 a month or $89 a year at onedayu.com slash insultmyintelligence. And for our listeners, if you sign up now, you get a two-week free trial and half price for the first year with coupon code PODCAST. So sign up now at onedayu.com slash insultmyintelligence. Why did Canada get rid of the penny? Probably because it turned out to be one of those things that just cost too much to produce relative to the benefits that were being derived from it. That's Greg Ketch, a Canadian economics professor at St. Francis Xavier University in Nova Scotia. He worked at the Bank of Canada around the time they were planning to get rid of their penny. Uh, We had reached a point that every penny was costing 1.6 cents to produce, so it was a money-losing proposition right out of the gate, and it has been a money-losing proposition for about 20 years prior to that. And consequently, if uh, government is looking for some savings within its departments, this seems to be one of the likely candidates because not too many people would be directly uh, negatively impacted by the elimination of the penny. One of the benefits of having a mint for your country is is, is that you're supposed to make money off things. When you print a a 20 pound note, it doesn't cost you anywhere near 20 pounds for that. And you get you get to sell that for twenty pounds. It's uh, that's it's, correct. Yeah. It's meant to be a money making enterprise, and so losing money at it is wrong. Yeah, and this is, I mean, as I said, losing the money is only one part of the equation. But the other part is that on the consumer side, there was a lot of reluctance to actually use the penny. So once people received them as pocket change from merchants for a transaction inadvertently most of them would end up in on someone's uh, desk or in a, uh, in a in a mug somewhere so they would not be recirculated so people were hoarding pennies just because they were just too much hassle to actually carry around for transaction purposes the the irony of that i suppose is the mint then needs to print more pennies or coin more pennies prob- than they do the larger denomination coins because they 
disappear from circulation almost immediately. Exactly. In 2012, the last year when the penny was produced here, we produced over 1 billion pennies. And of course, merchants are obligated to return pennies as change. So if you have a transaction that costs $3.91, inadvertently, uh, consumers would be receiving four pennies as change. Um, but they would never reuse them again. So this is like a one-way, a one-time transaction. So the merchants require the pennies. The mint has to keep producing them, and then they would just end up in people's uh, drawers at home and not, and not get used again. So it is a bit of a silly proposition to continue producing something that very few people had an appetite for using. But what was the public perception back in 2013 or slightly before when this was first, uh, when the idea was first put out there? So as I mentioned, the perception was it's a little bit mixed. I mean, there were more people complaining about it, afraid that consumers would be uh, would be taken advantage of. But after it was done, let's just say that nobody has pro- been protesting in the streets to have the return of the penny. It's one of those policies that I believe has uh, met with unanimous consent over the longer run. Nobody wants to see return of the penny. Interestingly, in Canada, all it really took was the effort of one central banker to really make it his pet project because uh, nobody was really clamoring to have the penny eliminated or nobody was really making a solid cost-benefit analysis to do so. But after you have central bankers retiring, in fact, it was a central banker named Jean-Pierre Aubry who got to work on that as his pet project, and he found that pennies were really a money-losing proposition as far back as 1982. And he said, this is just a ludicrous waste of funds. If, you know, over 10 years, you're spending $100 million to produce something that very few people have a need for. So the arguments in favor of the elimination of the penny were were quite strong. Um but I also should mention there was a little bit of hesitancy on the part of the governments to eliminate it because, again, certain um, folks would be complaining that if with the rounding up or rounding down of prices, that consumers would inadvertently end up with the short end of the stick and end up paying more for products. But that uh, really did not turn out to be the case whatsoever. So that didn't that didn't happen. No, I mean, again, because you're supposed to, if you're paying for a cash transaction, if something costs three ninety one, it would have to be rounded down to three ninety, uh, and if it was three ninety three or three ninety four, would be rounded up to three ninety five. So on the whole, these things offset each other, and there was really no evidence of any attempt by uh, merchants to try to exploit the disappearance of the penny by rounding everything upwards. Another argument you see for keeping the penny is the potential impact on charities. In response to Philip Hammond's plans in 2018, Labour MP Steve Reid said, cash is the most popular way for people to donate to charities, and much of that comes in small change like 1p and 2p coins. So I asked my guests what they thought about this. In fact, um, one of my uh, guy I know on campus uh, works for Samaritan Ministries, uh, and they have a big penny campaign every year. Save up those pennies that you're not using in that jar, turn them in. I said, what would we do? And I'm like, how about having a nickel campaign <laughs> or a dime or a quarter or whatever? And in fact, if you look at those jars, most of what's in it are pennies, but most of the value is some other bigger coins people put in and some dollar bills and things like that. So I think you could relabel this, and I don't really think the penny contributions are a very big fraction of what's going to charity at all. I, I think, you know, from just anecdotally, so I don't have the official data on this, but anecdotally, it appears that charities have not been negatively impacted, partly because 
consumers and donors have been actually moving up to the higher denominational coins. So instead of giving a penny, they give five cents or 10 cents or anything a bit higher. So for example, my son works in a coffee shop and he receives tips in terms of coins. And obviously if he was receiving pennies, he'd be going mad trying to roll everything. But if you're receiving 25 cents or a dollar as a tip, it becomes much more interesting. So I think consumers have gone a little bit higher up the scale in terms of giving away higher denominational coins. And at the same time, charities, I believe, have also exploited uh, electronic forms of donation. So it could be via GoFundMe uh, opportunities or what have you. So they look at more modern approaches for raising funds as well, because I don't think that, uh, again, rolling pennies is, is advantageous even for charities right now. I wanted to ask if there was anything um, uh, unforeseen, because obviously your other countries have, have done what Canada has done, but uh, you're one of the pioneers of getting rid of small change. Uh, was there anything that happened that you didn't expect to happen? What I guess the situation, the only unexpected thing is that there were so few problems, in fact, right? So typically people don't like change, you know, for the sake of change. But this is something that seems to have been widely shrugged off by the basic population. No one is really clamoring for this return of the penny. Uh, so it's, it's actually gone pretty well. So not many public policy initiatives can, can claim that level of success where few people really are negatively impacted by the outcome. So this is something that seems to be uh, enjoyed by the merchants, so they don't have to sort as many coins, and it's enjoyed by households, so they don't have pockets full of change that is wearing out their pockets. So it seems to be universally agreed upon that this was a good policy. I think, if anything, the pandemic has accelerated that. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I mean, I can't think of the last time I saw a UK penny outside my sock drawer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the pandemic is probably the death knell of the penny in many countries now because, again, uh, certainly in initial phases of the pandemic, people were reluctant to be exposed to germs. So consequently, they used less cash, less currency, and more uh, electronic forms of payments. And uh, so certainly that is going to accelerate the demise of the penny and even, I believe, of uh, common paper currency in some countries. So I wouldn't be surprised if in 10, 15 years, even paper currency would be quite endangered in some countries. In the UK, I don't know whether you have this in Canada, but we be, partly because of the rapid move to a cashless society caused by the pandemic, the, the Treasury just announced that they're not going to mint any more two pound coins until the end of the decade, because we're awash with them. Huh, that's interesting. Um, and they just don't think we'll need any more. But perversely, they, they're having to mint more pennies than ever because they aren't being used. I mean, it's an irony right. that something that nobody wants is costing everybody more than some th the things that people do want. Yeah, that's, that's very ironic. So I think in the case of the UK, you really need a champion who can bring this to the forefront. And this is one of those easy policy wins. If you can... Uh, get the government, for example, to buy into this policy. Uh, this is something that can have, you know, long-term. You know, this can have long-term benefits in terms of cost savings. And again, with the UK Treasury, I'm sure is uh, is going to be paying a lot of bills after the pandemic. They'll be looking for savings wherever they can, and this will be one of those easy, low-lying fruit that they can uh, they they can uh, use to to save a bit of funds. For a second there, I thought you were going to nominate me to be that champion. <laughs> you very well could be. I mean, With your backing, uh... I accept. <laughs> no, I've got a lot on, actually.
It's probably inevitable that developed nations will eventually become cashless societies. We're certainly heading in that direction, and there could be real issues surrounding that shift. But the debate about hanging on to the penny is a separate one. The value of the penny is simply too low to be of any use, and there are real costs, both financial, environmental, and personal. As a repairman once told me, a single loose penny in the spin cycle can really screw up your washing machine drum. Pennies end up in the washing machine because they're not worth enough for us to keep track of. They're not worth saving, and they're not worth spending. By law, pennies are only legal tender up to the value of 20p. If you try to buy something that costs a pound with 100 pennies, the shop isn't obliged to take them. Even if the Royal Mint can afford it, there's something perverse about continuously minting these coins just so people can throw them away. The pandemic may have postponed any real debate about losing the penny, but we should probably start talking about it again. The end of the penny won't affect charities, it won't impact prices, and it won't lead to anyone clamouring for its return. There is no logical case for keeping the penny, and even the sentimental reasons are profoundly weak. Does anyone besides Robert Jenrick believe the penny is an untouchable, sacred symbol of British identity? I mean, does he even really believe that? What does it say about a country when its identity is bound up in something virtually worthless? Something nobody in their right minds would even bend down to pick up? I'll leave the last word to K-Fed. The power of the penny, you know, I told him I was game. Completely. I love Lincoln. Thanks for listening to Insult My Intelligence, hosted by me, Tim Dowling, and produced, as always, by Johnny Dowling. Thanks to my guests, Robert Waples and Greg Catch. You can follow us on Twitter at InsultMyIntel, and if you have an idea or a topic for an episode, email us at InsultMyIntelShow at gmail.com or visit our website, InsultMyIntelShow.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're listening. We'll be back in a fortnight with the episode we promised you two weeks ago. It's going to be about balls. Cricket balls.